Hello everyone, welcome to the Atlin Humans of Data series where we're joined by data leaders around the world as they openly share their challenges, hacks, tips and tricks to help us all build better data teams and a better world with data. In today's episode, we're joined by Adhyan Pandey, Director of Data Science at Cars.com. He leads Cars' efforts to improve its product relevance, pricing and advertisement strategies. He previously served as the lead data scientist at Groupon. Welcome, Adhyan. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Prakulpa. Awesome. So, Adhyan, to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey with data science? Tell us a little bit about what your current role at cars.com looks like. So, well, I graduated from uh, IIIT Hyderabad uh, back in India in the year 2011. And obviously, then I didn't know anything about data science. Uh, I joined a company called Global Analytics, uh, which had a small team of data science, which I wasn't uh, part of because I was in the engineering org. Uh, but I, I really liked the kind of problems they were working in, the kind of impact they had in the company's business. So, uh, you know, I, I found a mentor basically in that company, uh, in that team, and he helped me a lot uh, in growing as a data scientist. And I eventually joined that particular team, uh, stayed in that team for about a year. And then I went to and, you know, joined Groupon India, where uh, the culture of data science was tremendous. I mean, we had huge team of data science uh, in probably every continent of the world. And, you know, just learning from like a diverse uh, set of people uh, with, you know, diverse set of skills. Uh, it was just like a very, uh, you know, uh, very solid learning opportunity for me. Uh, I stayed, so I joined there as a data scientist and then uh, eventually for leaving, I was man uh, managing a team of uh, data scientists uh, where we were focusing on improving supply chain. Uh, we were working on customer lifecycle models, engagement scoring, uh, personalization, relevance, so and so forth. And then I, uh, I got this, uh, beautiful opportunity from cars.com to join as their uh, principal data scientist, where I was um, tasked to first assess, you know, where cars.com is in their data science journey, and then kind of fill the gaps of, you know, wherever we were lacking. I joined a team of what we had, like a machine learning pod. It was a mixture of data scientists, analysts, engineers, uh, software engineers, then you know slowly from growing on i i uh, i eventually became uh, i was leading that entire pod basically so uh, now i'm a director of data science where my uh, core focus is to uh, use machine learning to improve uh, customer experience uh, you know shopping experience for consumers and eventually helping business uh, move forward tell us a little bit about your current team at cars.com like what is the kind of profile of the kind of team members that you work with, what kind of projects and tools are you working with on a daily basis? At Groupon, what I really, really respected and I really admired was the uh, the diversity of the data science team that uh, the leader who was leading uh, their data science was able to build. Uh, so I kind of wanted to replicate that piece mm -hmm. at cars.com when I was building my data science team. So now we have data scientists from four different continents uh, they come from different cultures. So we have someone uh, who was in journalism, uh, you know, who, who did PhD in physics, who did PhD in uh, chemical engineering. Uh, you know, I am from electronics background Then we have people from computer science and music. So, you know, the value that a diverse set of group brings to the table 
you know, is generally underappreciated, but adds a lot of value uh, to a team's success. So, uh, so we, we ended up basically building a team with a diverse set of members. What we focus is also in diverse set of problems. So uh, we have, you know, multiple uh, verticals in the data science team. Uh, we have image processing, the natural language processing for basically, uh, and now we're expanding it to uh, other applications, knowledge graph and such. Uh, then we have another team for who focuses on supervised learning in general. Um, then we have a recommendations team. Uh, then we have pricing team. Pricing is a huge piece when it comes to automobile industry. So we have a team uh, on that. And then we have uh, engineering. So we kind of make sure that our machine learning platform is solid, it's robust, it's scalable. Uh, so for instance, our uh, machine learning platform failed for about 0.002 percentage of times last year. And, you know, we, we obviously want to get it to 0%, but uh, so yeah, that, that's the kind of team that we have here. Got it. Very cool. And so that sounds like it's predominantly, it, it also sounds like a very diverse kinds of data folks that you'd have, right? Or data persona. So it sounds like it's a mix of data scientists, machine learning engineers, data engineers. Is that, is that a good understanding? Yeah, that's pretty fair. And they also kind of jump from like one career progression to another. So we have engineers who wanted to pursue data science and now they are after about a year and a half, they are full-time data scientists. We also have folks who uh, wanted to pursue analytics career. So they are data analysts and they have you know, full-time data analysts. For every data leader out there today, uh, we're clearly living in unprecedented times. Uh, what has the implication of COVID um, and the entire crisis that we're facing been uh, on you as a data team? I would start with the worst case scenario for any data science leader or any leader, so to say, was just to sit idle, continue doing what they were doing, uh, you know, not react uh, or be part of chaos or panic, so to say. And therefore, you know, so we had that level of consciousness from the top. We were able to react really fast. For example, the, the first impact of COVID was not necessarily in the way we work, which is working from home and such. It was on our business. Uh, Cars.com, you know, at the end of the day, we are, we are two-sided digital marketplace where we uh, connect sellers and buyers. As you would expect, car sales uh, started declining, right? And so it was the moment to react. It was the moment to make sure that, the, that we provide tools to our sellers, uh, which are more online, uh, you know, and help them basically meet where the consumers are, right? And one person cannot do it, right? Uh, every part of the business have to come together and kind of build a cohesive strategy uh, that would work not just for like first week or two weeks or 60 days, but like, you know, it's part of the long-term strategy. And that's what kind of ended up doing. So as we were rolling these things out, one thing that, you know, my team realized is that models were failing. You know, they won't react like they were not trained on, you know, an instance like COVID-19. We started doing a lot of analysis. Uh, and analysis was solely around what's the impact of COVID-19 on our business. If we know the scope of that impact and if we let, you know, business folks know about it, then we can potentially, you know, build or, you know, brainstorm a few solutions. And that's, that was the first step, basically. I remember spending first two weeks with the sales folks. <laughs> uh, and, you know, uh, sales leadership, uh, individual, uh, you know, account managers, uh, marketing people, we were thinking about um, how to reduce 
marketing as you know any other company was and how we can fill those gaps in and stuff like that so that's what i ended up doing just spending a lot of time with uh, business folks translating a lot of those strategic discussion into a well defined data science problem and just kind of throwing it at my team and um overall you know my team didn't disappoint uh with both with a attacking the business problems and you know being more analytical than just building models and stuff right but also at working remotely so it seems like what you're also telling other data leaders out there in the world is just stay really close to the business everything that you know you was real until today is not real anymore and so your models are going to fail your analysis anything predictive from 3 months ago is not true today anymore have you started thinking about sort of a different strategy both short term and long term like how are you sort of breaking between those like tell us a little bit about that while building any strategy uh there are certain assumptions right um and those assumptions are sometimes like they can make or break your strategy so one of our assumption is that things will get better in a sense you know auto sales will come come back <laughs> and uh so based on that what we are thinking is that it's it's probably going to be a v or a u shaped uh you know uh, uplift in demand from consumer and so where we are right now we are you know it's it's going down as we all know uh we don't know what uh, what the you know floor is uh we uh we certainly know that you know this is not the floor because you know it, it it's it's not looking good right now uh the idea is to prepare for the worst right but a week in uh, probably a week from now let's also start thinking about how we would react to a jump or a big shift in consumer demand right so it's two way strategy one is to help business uh, really understand how the floor would look like right that's a tough conversation is but it's it's important for data science to be very factual right help them understand this is what is going to happen you know like it or not and then uh, also help them understand what we can do consume all the demand that's going to uh, come after like a week or two so you're almost then i guess building two scenarios one is a short term scenario um, and one is the long term scenario as soon as things start picking up so right now like these days i'm having like 80 20 80% of my meetings generally are just figuring out what's going on and uh, yeah. sorry kind of building products for now right uh, providing analytics support from across the company uh to really understand assess the situation uh you know uh, is anything drastically change in consumer behavior are they asking for different things and stuff like that but 20% of the meetings are also on right what happens uh you know uh, when when all of this is uh, is kind of done and dusted how will we react so it's both but it's 80 20 right now hopefully that changes to 50 50 and then uh i, I would just add that uh it is also the best time to learn the uh you know uh, how rigid your business model is and how and basically get a good understanding of your domain or your industry so to say the other thing is if you take care of your customers right and your team members uh these two things will take care of you know both productivity of your work and also your business so you know just focus on like these two things and things will be uh smooth 
And I know you talked a little bit about how your team has adapted incredibly well to the remote situation. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. How has the move for remote uh, been like for you? What have been the biggest challenges as you've made that move? Uh, so there are both positive and negatives in this in this case. Uh, I'll start off with positive. I, I think the reason why it hasn't been a bad move and you know we have been probably a little more productive uh, than regular office work is primarily because of the trust. I generally trust everyone in the team, right? Uh, that they will do their work. Uh, you know, I'm generally very honest and transparent with my team. What I've learned from like leaders from other org in my company is communicate, communicate, and communicate. Uh, you know, uh, there's no limit to that. Communicate as much as you can. Uh, what I've learned by, you know, just in, in like the first few days was people suddenly lost direction, right? Because they're questioning a lot of things. There's a lot of things that they are processing as well. Uh, so it's me who has to provide structure to the discussion. It's, it's me who have to prepare for them. I kind of improved a little too in there. Trust, I think, really helped us. Uh, mm -hmm. We are more productive now. Uh, obviously, you know, we're not spending time commuting. Uh, so we get extra time off work just to, you know, uh, spend time with our families. Uh, so that's uh, generally good. Uh, what was also good with us was our written communication. My team uh, writes a lot and that there's just that culture of writing. So that helped us. And that's what we were able to uh, educate other, team mem uh, other teams on, right? That, you know, writing is an important skill. You don't have a whiteboard anymore. We, you can just, you know, draw pictures and stuff. Uh, you're in you know remote world, <clears throat> so uh, that was a challenge for other teams. But you know we were able to fill uh, the gap and kind of help them um, uh, understand that or the importance of writing in general. Uh, what negative was again we are now stuck, uh, so you know we don't get out very often because there's, there's there's a lot of meetings. So one thing that we're doing now is uh, twelve to one we'll just go out, stretch out, you know, um, and do some physical exercise. Uh, because, you know, earlier I used to go out with my team for one-on-ones uh, to a coffee shop, you know, just to, again, uh, get some fresh air. There's generally like people are dealing with two things. One is working from home and the other is stress from like, you know, it's like you're talking to your family, uh, they are concerned, uh, right? And then you're talking to your friends again, you know, so there's generally that stress. For that, you know, we are now hosting meeting where we don't talk about work at all, like nothing. Uh, and that happens once a week. Uh, there are some other meetings where we are conducting virtual happy hours uh, where, you know, we just get a chance to sit and talk about, uh, you know, things apart from work. Um, then we have dedicated one day to no meeting, which means that you can, you don't have to work from a room. You can work from your terrace or, you know, uh, uh, so that is also helping. So these are some of the positives and negatives really of uh, working from home. Or... I actually am very curious to dig into the writing culture. Tell us about how you made that culture happen. So this is actually not like a one day thing or two days, you know, yeah. thing. Uh, I mean, I, I was very uh, conscious about it for like last two years at least. The first step was to, like, everyone wants to have a vision, right? 
uh, if you're working at a company, you would want to see vision of the company. Or if you're working in a team, you want to see what, where am I going, right? And so when we were writing uh, the vision of data science at cast.com, it was not just me who was writing it. It was basically the entire team. Uh, the entire team contributed uh, in their section. They were, uh, uh, so they were all basically um, allocated certain things to work on and they did a tremendous job. Uh, our, our vision right now is very detailed. Uh, obviously, you know, it, it, um, it has a statement, but uh, you know, it has principles, it has a strategy, uh, you, know, it, you know, very detailed uh, execution plan and such as well. And uh, once it was all done, the amount of clarity and the amount of questions that were answered without even anyone talking to each other was tremendous, right? And they obviously loved the process. Uh, that kind of helped them, a, you know, have faith in writing, and you know that it that it 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 does a lot without even you know uh, any any verbal communication, so to say. And so once that that uh, belief was there that it helps, people started you know. Uh, making attempts to improving their uh, improving their writing basically, and then you know it moved from projects to projects. It's it always you know improved with time, uh, and then I started saying you know better readme file in Git repository, uh, and you know the entire documentation in just readme file. It it took time, but I think you know it was it was time uh, well spent. And have there been things that you implemented? for building a documentation-first approach as a part of the data science project? Because I know uh, many data teams have this like tapping on the shoulder culture, um, just also because data science can be exploratory in nature, right? It's not the same as a software engineering project. So sometimes you're, you're having conversations in the cafeteria, which is really sparking off what you're doing in a data science project. So there are different type of documentation. One is just word documentation where you can write a bunch of things. The other is uh, academic uh, documentation where you're actually writing a research paper. So that's a different uh, kind of work altogether, right? And then there's notebook culture, right? In data science, yeah. you basically document or you add very you know sensible comments to your notebook, and that's better than any other documentation. So it depends from case to case, and yeah. that's what we uh, end up uh, executing. Uh, but you know when it comes to like answering a very quick question or doing a very quick analytics. Uh, we, we generally have notebook for everything. And that's our documentation. Uh, not necessarily a word doc that points to a notebook that points to something else. Are there any actionable tips? Like what are the three things that you've implemented that you would advise every data leader out there to just go back and implement in the next two weeks in their team? As I mentioned before, this is the time to learn your domain, your industry. Data scientists have tendency to work in isolation, and this is the time to not work in isolation, right? To get out there and learn as much business as possible. Uh, obviously, you know we know our previous assumptions have failed. You know, uh, like it or not, that has happened. Our models have failed. Uh, this is also an opportunity to make sure that you know uh, you have you, or you build you know, models that account for just like, you know, things that can impact your business. So uh, a technical way to describe that would be to have like some third party data in your system and not necessarily something that's scoped to your company. So that is one thing. Uh, uh, so it's important for you as a business leader to kind of prepare ahead. Uh, make sure that no one's time is wasted. Make sure there is a structure and, you know, a proper uh, way 
of conducting a meeting. So I think that's tip number two that I would, uh, that, that actually helped me a lot. And then I think it's also time to adopt remote work for real, right? We, we like at least my company, we've been talking about it a lot. There are a lot of, you know, remote folks too, but now like, you know, it's, it's really time to adopt the culture so that even things like onboarding should be hundred percent or, you know, we should have methods to do it hundred percent remote. Even these like small things uh, have a, have a remote option for, you know, these things. So these are probably the three things that I think are, or, you know, could help any data leader. So final question, what are your top resource recommendations, books, podcasts for the humans of data? I've been reading books. They are not necessarily about uh, data science, but they have like quantitative components to it. One is Pandemic by Sonia Shah. Uh, it's actually a very well-written book, uh, you know, kind of explain the, the root causes of how uh, pandemics happen and how things kind of, or, you know, viral uh, stuff kind of, they, they go viral, so to say, right? Uh, the other is uh, Good Economics for Hard Times by uh, Abhijit Banerjee and Esther Duplo. I read that and, you know, that's also a phenomenal book. So that is something I would actually recommend to uh, data scientists, working in uh, problems that deal with or that have applications from uh, economics or uh, econometrics, right? That's a good book. Uh, It also helps you understand things at a macro level as a leader. So so it it adds, it it provides you a a certain level of advantage, right? And the third book is actually called Advantage by uh, by Patrick uh, uh, Lencioni. This is something I'm reading right now. Great, I'm gonna pick up a few of those myself. So with that, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you Adhyan for taking the time off your busy schedule to talk to the community and tell us um, about the way you've been handling a lot of this in your team. Thank you Prakalpa and good luck. For all our attendees, join us next week for another new episode, another freewheeling conversation, lots of actionable insights. Until then, stay home, stay safe.